My name is Kevin Hines, and in the year 2000, I nearly died by jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. I was depressed, I was terribly suicidal, and I thought I was a burden to my family. This was the furthest thing from the truth. I am beautiful, and so are you. Life is the greatest gift we've ever been given, or will ever be given. So live it with me, and be here tomorrow, and every single day after that. Welcome to the Mental Health Marvels Podcast. Hi, I'm Margaret Hines, and I'm here with Abby Roseland, Hi, my guys. dear friend, who is so adorable and beautiful inside and out. And um, Kevin and I had the pleasure of meeting her a few months ago and got to know her. Um, Abby has a story that resonates with everyone. Um, to the degree that it is about triumph over adversity and what she has overcome is quite unique but her spirit is so strong and resilient um, we wanted to share her story and wanted to share a little bit about Abby and um, with you we wanted to share a little bit about Abby with you and we wanted to share a little bit about our conversation um, with you Abby, how are you? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for doing um, this. Yes, I'm glad to be here. I'm super excited about this, and it's just making me very happy to be able to do this and reach out to a lot of people. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you, Miss Abby Roseland? So, Abby Roseland is a beautiful soul inside and out. And she is a soul that craves to learn more, do more for the world, and teach what she learns along her journey. What is your favorite quote? One of my favorite quotes is by Maya Angelou, and it says, In this life you will have many defeats, but you must not be defeated. That's my favorite quote that I live by. That's beautiful. In February of 2018, something almost defeated you. Something almost broke you, but it didn't. Tell us about that month and what happened to change the trajectory of your life. Okay. Um... February 21st, we had a maternity photo shoot. We did it, it was beautiful. Actually on the way of the photo shoot, we had the music playing and Nick turns down the music and he starts praying over us randomly. And I looked at him in admiration like, that's my man. You know, and in the prayer he said, God, Bless my wife, bless my kids. It was quick and it was short and it was sweet. And I just will never forget it, it stuck with me. So we went about and did the photo shoot, it was beautiful. After the photo shoot, we went back to the house. Um, his birthday was gonna be in a couple of hours. So we were debating on what to do. You know, I was nine months pregnant at the time, so I couldn't go out. He was talking with his boys about going out, but we wanted to go grab something to eat before. So we were just chilling. Um, we got some food, 
and we were just chilling. Um, he was asked to go to the store, um, so we, well, actually, he asked me, did I want a cop? Mm -hmm. And that's not normal. Nick used to always just want to be the, the provider, the protector, the man of the house, you know? You stay home, let me handle this, let me go do this. But that day was different, and he says, come with me. And an excitement aroused in me, because one, I was in shock, but two, I was like, I love to ride with my man, you mm -hmm. know? So... I, I get up, I'm getting ready to leave, and the kids, his little brother and our daughter, our two-year-old, was like, I want to come, I want to come. So I asked him, and he said, yeah, they could come, you know? So we all get in the car, and instead of going to the store first, we go and we stop by his aunt's house. They had a whole dinner, cake and everything set up, surprised him. We ate, we enjoyed it. I remember I was taking long to eat, like I was taking my precious time. And I remember he said, she's taking long because she don't want me to go out. <laughs> he was always like a little just jokester, like his spirit was just so lively and he's just always cracking little jokes. So I remember he said that, um, which he was right. <laughs> I was taking long so he couldn't, so he couldn't go out. So anyway, um, we leave there and his mom calls and was like, hey, go pick up your little sister and them from his brother's house. So from his aunt's house, we go to his brother's house, pick them up and we're, we took a back way. This way was different. Still to this day, I cannot remember what way we went back to his mother's house. I don't, I, it just, I can't remember. And so we took a different route and you know, um, it was it was such a, a sweet ride back home to the house. I remember I had my feet on the dashboard. You know, my stomach was big, so that's hard to have your feet on the dashboard. I had my feet on the dash, like on the dashboard, and he's driving with his left hand, and his right hand is massaging my foot. Aww. He's just massaging my foot, you know. And my feet at the time were fat because, you know, I was nine months, so he even makes the joke again. <laughs> Oh, your feet is so big. <laughs> I'm like, shut up, Nick. So, cracks a joke again on me. Then this is the last joke that I remember. We we um we're coming up to the light, about to make a turn to towards her neighborhood, and the light was turning yellow. So he, I remember. He he started to speed the car up, but then he he slowed it down again, and he says. I would have ran. I would have. I would have ran the light, but my girl was gonna be tripping, and then we all laughed. So then he grabs my hand, like while we're at the light, we're just holding hands. So we're like this, you know, just holding hands at the light, and then we made that left turn, and we, his mom has two gates in her neighborhood, so we went to the first gate, and he's calling, but nobody's answering, so. Um, we go to the second gate, hoping that it's open. And so we go to the second gate, and as and as we're we we get out, like we leave out of here, and we go to the second part. And as we're turning, I just it just I don't 
I can't like it was just so like sudden and dark and it was weird and so anyway we go to the second gate and um I really don't even know how it happened we were making a right turn and as we're making the right turn it just we just it just shots we I just I th honestly when I first heard like the first shot I was thinking it's fireworks. I'm so serious. I just was not thinking it was gunshots, but because it just, it was so, it just sounded so close that like my instincts just ducked down. I didn't look for him. I didn't look for my kids in the back. My instincts were quick. And so I just ducked down. And so, I don't know how long the shots were going on for, maybe like 30 seconds, maybe a minute, I'm not sure. But I do know that once I looked up and I looked to the left of me at him, I didn't know that he was hit. I just seen him like, he was just hanging over the, the steering wheel. And I, I didn't, I thought he would be okay still. So instantly I just start praying. And I'm just like, God, God, you know, and I'm just praying. And as I like go to, you know, move him or grab him, blood just, it's like a fountain just shoots out. That's when I knew. And so once that shoots out, I'm like, no, God, no, God, no, God, no, God. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then, um, did you know at that point he was gone? No, because I had faith. I had faith. You were still hoping that. I had faith. Yeah. And so I believed that. I said, no, God said, just call him. So I just believed that if I just kept calling on him and just kept praying, his sister in the back just kept saying, Abby, he's gone. Abby, he's gone. And I and I was like, no, like, stop saying that. His little brother? His little sister. His little sister. Because remember, we picked, she's oh, 18. My. We picked him up. So she knew he was gone. And I was like, I was just like, no, 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 don't say that. Don't, I said, I kept saying, call the police. Call the police. And Call where was the way. shooter at this point? He was, I guess he was gone. Did you ever see him? I did not. You just heard it? I just heard it. You saw a car? I did, I did not. You don't remember seeing anyone or any car? No, because no. we're making a right turn. And so with us making a right turn, you're Naturally, looking right. I'm, you're looking right. You're not like, it's like he's making a right turn. I'm not looking, you know? Right. And so once we're making the right turn, it's just pop, 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 pop. So I just get down. Ducked. How long do you think you stayed down? Like a few seconds? How did it feel? How long did it feel? It felt like forever. Were you afraid it was going to keep shooting? I didn't know what was happening. I mean, yeah, it might sound crazy. I mean, eventually, I obviously I knew like why, because I was down, but I don't know where I was. Maybe mentally, 
I was like in, in heaven or something. Oh, yeah. Because mm. I really do believe that I died that night. Oh, part of you certainly did. You know? And so I couldn't have been on earth when it happened because I was not present. Like, But nothing shot. You were unscathed. I, I was un. I did. I wasn't hit. But there were two bullets on my side. So had I not ducked, I would have been gone. And that was the grace of God. And not only was it the grace of God, but I felt like it was more angelic as far as I felt like Nick did like this. Like, it was something. Did he, did he physically cover you? I, I was, I, I wasn't, I wasn't looking. I wasn't in, I wasn't there in the moment. In the moment, I don't know where I was. I, I can't even explain it. But what I do know is from what I, like, in my head, what I see, I literally see an angel going like this. Like, did you feel that? I guess so. You know? And so, um, once I told them call the police and they called the police said the ambulance is like put something over his cause the, it was gushing out right. you know and so they're like cover him so I get a I get a, a shirt and I'm just holding his head I'm just like right here you know like keep going and you're holding and I'm just holding his head yeah. and I'm just like Nobody I'm talking to them, and I'm praying over him, and I'm just like, no, Nick, I'm funny. And I remember he took his last two breaths. He did? Yes. It was like he was trying to gasp for air. And he was just like, yeah. once he did that, I just. <laughs> you knew. And yeah. he knew that he was gone. How was your baby in the back? She was screaming. She just kept screaming. And um, people just were running to us to help us. I didn't know who was who. Who was, I'm like, everybody was coming. I'm like, who are you? Who are you? I'm in, you know, I'm in shock. So I'm in panic mode right now. I'm like, who are you? You know? Then the ambulance, when the ambulance came, I thought they could provide him. Did they try? They didn't even try. And that's what hurt me. Right. Because they saw that he was gone. I just didn't feel like they tried. You felt, you feel like they should have at least tried? Yes. Did you ask them to try? I did. I I mean, I just kept screaming. I was screaming. I just remember screaming. They thought I would, they were trying to send me to the hospital. Because <laughs> all his blood was all over me, you know. I still have the shirt. I should have brought it. How did you, how, so what happened after that incident when your life completely changed? I was numb. I was numb and I, and I sunk to a dark place. For how long? Months. I didn't. I mean, I stayed at his mom's house probably for like two weeks. 
And then finally, like, I started, I went to church, and then my pastor was like, go back to your family, go to your house, you know. And so I went to my house, and, like, my family, you know, was, were flying in. They helped me make my house a home, you know. I finally went back home. Um, and Did you have the baby at this point? Yeah, so now I, well, I was about, to, like, I, yeah, two weeks later, I probably, I had the baby, I had Naomi, and, um, well, they, we turned my house into home first, so my aunt, my grandmother, and my mom, and me, we redecorated the whole house. Wow. I mean, the house was very, well, we just moved into a new place, so the house was a little bit empty. But from what we did have, it was more like neutral, you know, like mm -hmm. to fit a man and a woman, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But as far as anything in the kids' room and stuff, there was nothing in there. So my house wasn't, you know, furnished yet at all. And so my house was completely furnished after um, so I could sleep at night or just get some sense of peace. Um, for the longest, I didn't eat, I didn't sleep. Um, it just didn't feel real, it still doesn't. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, I know it's real now, but for the longest it just didn't feel real. I just kept like waiting for him to walk in the room or in the house or, you know, so it just didn't feel real. How long did that last? The dark place, probably like the absolute no hope. Cause I'm not gonna say it's, it's completely gone, but I have hope now. I have peace with me. I feel his, his presence, his spirit with me. So the no hope part of it definitely lasted four or five months. Wow. Six months, yeah, probably not, maybe like seven, eight months, because I, I remember on the sixth month, I'm like, wow, it's been a whole year, you know, so it's like each month, it was a countdown. Right. First, okay, go ahead. No, no, please go First ahead. month, I'm like, one month. Second month, I'm like, two months. Third month, I'm like, three months. Six months, I'm like, half a year. By like the seventh or eighth month, I'm like, what am I counting down for? Mm -hmm. I said, what am I counting down for? That tortures me. It's like a silent torture, you know? So I just stopped after that. Every 22nd of, of each month, I, it was a torture. So I stopped. When you hear gunshots now, whether it's on TV. I can't. I... I can't, I can't, it scares, gunshots, loud noises, it scares me. A gun period, or even a play gun like this, I don't like it. I don't want, I know, like, my friends who know me, they know, don't do that to me. It just is a trigger. Brings back a lot of... Yes, and also, like, movies and shows where heads are getting... Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, stuff. I, I, I can't even. It's so crazy because I used to love action movies mm -hmm. prior to this. And now it's like my soul craves for the gentleness. So I only like 
romances or beauty. I, 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 my soul, it doesn't resonate anymore with anything that is destructive. Right. Well, that's traumatic. Probably it brings you back to that place. Yes. If you knew then what you know now, what would you do differently? I, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't, I would just, I wouldn't go to sleep mad at people. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect perfection from people. I would let people be who they are, make the mistakes they must, they make and love people unconditionally. Because you don't know how long you're going to have them. So, that is a valuable lesson for everybody. Yes. Love people to the fullest while you have them. Whether you guys have your ups or downs, yeah. whether you guys get along or not, you know. We were new parents, so it was it was a lot of pressure on us, you know. So we would have little you know, hormonal arguments, really, because I was pregnant again. Yeah. So we're both pregnant, you know, when when one person, the, the, both of them are pregnant. So it's a lot of attitudes and both of you are trying to figure it out. And both of you are, you know, overwhelmed, especially when it buys you. By the time it's your second kid, you're like, gosh, I'm still trying to get it together with the first. At least that's what we thought. So it was, it was a lot of silent pressure on both of us mm -hmm. that we would kind of fight each other sometimes for as far as like hold you know just little attitudes and stuff and now i look at things and i'm i'm such a peaceful woman now i don't argue i have conversations i have conversations my communication is better now because i don't just look to be understood i want to understand you too you've grown so much i have I feel like it really pushed me into, I womaned up. I had to woman up because it was more of a self-reflection thing. At first, I was mad with God. Those first seven, eight months, I was pissed at him. I was pissed. And then I had to finally look at it and say, Abby, there were two bullets on your side. You could have died. Mm -hmm. Your daughter could have died. The other kids in the car could have died. The baby in your stomach could have died. You could have went in a depression and never came out of it. And then what? Your kids don't have two parents? You could have went ahead and killed yourself. There was a lot of things that I've could, I could have done, but I chose to overcome because I chose to not only make him proud, but to make my kids proud. I'm all they have left. I have no choice but to put on my big girl panties and show them that, hey, in life, things might happen. Things but if happen. you can be tough and you fight every day, be tough and fight. You know, and it's still hard. I still have to fight every single day. You know, now it's been a year and I noticed lately what my struggle has been is wearing the label. So the label is single mom. So when people hear single mom, 
you automatically think tough life, harder. These are just little words to describe it. Not easy. Alone, you know? And I had to change that trajectory. I had to switch it up. You know, a single mom to me means strength, courage, power, super mom, super woman, beauty, beauty, loving, love, self-love. You have to have self-love, you know, and this is this is this, this type of stuff that my kids see me do on the daily. I'm teaching them. I'm instilling you in got them. two girls. Yes. Taking them to school at six in the morning. Picking them up by 6 p.m., you know? It's not easy, but I do it. So instead of me looking at life like, oh, it's not easy, it's not easy, I just look at it like I'm strong enough. I'm more than capable. I have more than enough. I don't look at it like lack. I look at it like abundance, overflow. God knows if, if it's just me, he, I need overflow. I need abundance. I need my cup to overflow. You're blessed. So that I can help other single moms show them like, hey, girl, no. Don't look, don't mm -hmm. wear that. Like, it's a, it's a curse, baby. It's a gift. Mm -hmm. You were entrusted with that. Mm -hmm. You were entrusted with that, you know? And I want other single moms to be like, I don't got to look like what I've been through. I don't, I don't got to walk around here looking all drained and all and sloping around and moping around because I gotta wake up at six in the morning. If I gotta wake up at six in the morning, then that's what I gotta do. And if I need to wake up an hour earlier to have some me time before I go and just dedicate my, you know, yep. the rest of me to to them, then that's what I have to do. Because at the end of the day, in order to be the best mom, you have to be the best you first. A lot of people, they 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 society it's like put the kids first and all that and that is true that's right but you have to put you first too because if you're unhappy you're walking around here defeated that's what you're giving off to them you're giving them that energy and they're going to pick it up without you even seeing them have to pick it up it just it just flows putting yourself first i think works in their favor because it, you become a does. better version of you yeah yeah you know and so you're training them hey be the best you you can be, because that's what mommy's trying to do, you know? And I'm not so hard on myself anymore. Right. I mean, you've overcome suicidality, you've overcome suicide attempts. Yes. And, you know, that was even before February 2018. Yeah, in, um, yeah, I think I want, I think it was like 2012. I, you know, I mean, how old am I now? I'm 22. So, I don't know when that was, but I was just a young girl, depressed about stuff that isn't even important, you know? It was school pressure, family pressure, guys, you know, I just started talking to guys at that time. So, you know, one thing goes wrong and you're like, oh, my life is over, I can't take it. You know, and I remember the night like it was yesterday. I just took a whole bunch of pills. And when I woke, I didn't expect to wake up. But when I did, I was like, dang, I woke up. Do <laughs> you know? And I couldn't move. I couldn't get up. I couldn't move. 
My mom came in my room. She called the ambulance. The ambulance came and got me, took me to the hospital, and they were pumping all those pills out of me all day, it seemed like. And then after that, they sent me to which what they call the crazy house. It's not the crazy house. Being secluded in that seclusion moment actually gave me the opportunity to realize and to be grateful for the things that I had to be grateful for. I was in there writing. I was in there reflecting on what I was around and, and seeing people have real problems, you know, and that not to to be ungrateful and, and you know, to not not cherish my life. So I walked out, I walked into that place with one mindset, but I walked out of it with another. I had to change the perspective. And once I changed my perspective and my outlook on things, it was like I was a new person. Right. So that empowered me. It's like the obstacles, they're really setups to empower you, right. to teach you something, you know? And I learned. It wasn't a loss. It was a lesson, you know? And that was the, that was the first time that the enemy tried to take me out, you know? So now I look at my life more so like the enemy tries to fight you when you have something inside of you, something greater on the inside of you that God is just trying to push out of you, you know? It's like she, it was something crying out to come out. And as the more that I would just hold on to these false beliefs and these, the experience, the bad experiences, I was like blocking the good, you know? And so once I really just changed my mind, like, cause that, I feel like your mindset or you just your mind period, it's a great tool if you use it the right way. You've become a healer. Yes. That's one of my goals. Even if it if it's not many people or if it's a lot, at least I want somebody to hear what I'm saying and it to resonate on the inside of them. And they be like, wow, that's right. That's true. Let me stop feeling bad for myself. Right. Let me stop living in, in self-pity. Let me pick myself up. It's a choice. You have a lot of empowering wisdom and a lot of healing advice. What What is coming up for, for Abby Rosalind? Tell us about the empowerment work that you do. Tell us about the, the your new endeavors and your business ventures. And tell us about what you're doing to, as you're growing, what you're doing to grow and help others. So as I'm growing, I'm continuing to create stuff I can put out, content I can put out to create a, you know, a, a good place for people to learn from, you know. Um, I, I wrote a 21 day devotional book that I'm so excited to launch. I'll be a published author. <laughs> that's, and that's a major dream of mine. So to even push through to do that, it's like, wow, Abby, you did it. You know, I wrote this stuff myself. Like, you did it. Um, I love my girls and I want it. I love matching them. I love them matching. It's just, it makes me happy because I know when they get older, the way their personalities <laughs> are set up, they have to, you know, have their own. So I'm taking full advantage yes. of matching them while I can. Because I already know Nuvez and my mom, I am not wearing that, you know? <laughs> so 
I'm taking full advantage of that. So I went ahead and started a kid's boutique for them. It's their business. So that will be launching right after the book launch. Um, I have a women empowerment movement where I like to create events for women to come to and to connect with other like-minded women, other women who are on the same mission, other women who just want to do better, feel better, be better, give more, do more. You know, I started that movement. I have an event coming up on July the 28th. It's called Unclutter Your Spirit because people just don't know if you declutter, you make room for what you need. Yep. So I want to fill people up with what they need. I want them to release what they don't need. And so I created that for them. And I just, I constantly just seek to create ways to put people in position to become their best selves, to become a better version of who they already are. Because the thing is that a lot of people don't know it's already in you. It's in you. Everything you're seeking is within, you know? So if you ask, you shall receive. So for the people who, who have been asking, how can I be better? How can I do more? How can I find self-love? How can I find my purpose? It will come to you. Continue to seek it. Continue to take time for self-love. The more I seclude myself, the more I love myself. It's the same way as dating. When you're dating somebody, you spend time with them, right? Yeah. Isn't that how you fall in love? Right. So spend time with yourself. I took time to, I took, at first seclusion to me was scary. I was scared of it. Oh, I could not stand to be by myself. I always had to be around somebody. I always had to have somebody around me. Now I love it. Cause you love yourself. I love myself. And I've, I, at 22, I found self love at 22. Wow. And it, it's so beautiful because I can share that with people. Like, I can, I can tell them what I read. I read books, yoga, meditate, um, me washing my face is a, is a self-love yes, moment. Yes, I completely agree. I, I sit there and I just look at my skin. Because you know it's good for you. It's something you're doing for yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know, take your daily vitamins, you know. I mean... Protect that temple. This is you're only gonna have one body, just one. And I did not start really taking like protecting my temple seriously until I found myself love. So now I guard my heart with anything, with everything. I um anything that confuses my spirit or takes away my peace, peace. Good for you. You tell it peace. Good for you. Yeah, because what are you gonna do with the time you have left? That's what I say to myself all the time. What are you going to do with the time you have left? Time is our most precious commodity. And, and we need to cherish That's it. That's right. You know? So I take, I, I, I'm very strategic and wise with my time now. You learned at 22 what most don't learn until they're in their 50s or 60s. I feel like because I've been through, I went through something that most people don't even go through. You know, but it was a purpose behind it because God knew I would do right by the trouble. I would turn it to triumph. He, he trusted me. Yep. 
He, he knew what was on the inside of me before I did. So guess what? He had to awaken me to it. He brought me a place to, to, to rediscover myself, you know? Wow, that's beautiful, Abby. I'm so glad that we met you, and I'm yes, so glad that I'm, we're I'm, I'm friends. So and, oh, my God. I love you guys. Oh, it's a blessing to be surrounded by people like you. Yes. I, oh I can't wait to see Abby at 25. I can't I wait to see what you accomplish. Yes. And, and this, is, this is a new beginning. It's, it's a new beginning. Um, some people, they get scared of the, the season of unknown. You know, when you're in a new beginning, you do have a season of unknown. You don't know you're what's right. next. You're right. And that is so scary. But this is what I learned. Although it's scary, if you can push past that fear, you can create. You create. The unknown is really just a moment to create. That's right. That's you right. Know? I agree 100%. And so since I said, doubt, leave me. Since I said, depression, you can't stay here no more. Since I told fear, you got to go, baby. <laughs> I was able to really open my eyes and awaken to the fact that I am, I can create, you know, a new. You can design your life. Yeah. We can all design our lives. You know? Yep. Although it's written, you know, we are still, we have the power. So it's like tap into it, awaken to your power. It's been in you all along. It hasn't went nowhere, but don't waste it, you know? So. Wow. Tell me how much you love yourself. <laughs> like I've never loved myself before. The way I love myself, I would say, well, first of all, I've dated myself a whole year now, okay? It's been a year and some change. Ever since he passed, I just, I said, you know what? If I'm going to be broken, I want to be rebuilt. I got to rebuild. So day by day, piece by piece, I had to rebuild myself. So in the, me in the midst of that, I dated myself. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're women, you know. I would have loved to have somebody to wipe my tears, somebody to cry on their shoulders. But... God said he got me. So if he got me, then I got somebody. So I took advantage of that. I took full advantage of that. I dated myself. I'm still dating myself. And I'm in love with it, though. It's not like I'm walking around here like, oh, gosh, when are things going to change? It's tough. No. I walk around here like, girl, you are doing the damn thing. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I gas myself up. Something that I would want somebody to give to me, I give to myself. Do you feel like you have more good days than bad days? Now. Now I do. Before, and, it wasn't the case. A song yeah. could throw my day off. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So but, fragile. Yeah, very fragile. Um, a song passing by a place, you know, when I used to ride by where he would get his haircuts, it just, but it was all a choice. My days are better now because I choose better. Once I chose me, I chose better. You know, once I chose the fact that, hey, you're still breathing, you're still living. So that means you still have life and you still have something on the inside of you. I created better. Right. It's not just my story. Uh, thank you for sharing it. <laughs> I mean, it's a 
really powerful story. And, you know, I think there are a lot of people that'll watch it that may not go through, you know, a loved one right. being killed, but they're going Definitely through more relatable. like, right? Mourning a loved one from a different type of death or a death of a relationship. Right. So a I think job. there's yeah. so many things. There's so much relatability yes. in it. And how you have overcome and are constantly overcoming your tragedy mm -hmm. and turning it into a triumph. It's a daily triumph. It's a life of triumph. It is. It is definitely, it's one of the strongest resiliences I have ever seen in anybody, in anybody. There are lessons that are, that you can impart on men and women alike. Yes. Because I think there are too many people out there that don't love themselves, don't know how to. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of that also stems from maybe the way they were raised, maybe the yes. trauma in their lives, but yes. look at what you've overcome. And you are able to find that within yourself. Yes. And you have two little ones that you're also taking care of. So it's not, you're not some single woman living a really easy life, right. you know, where you don't have other souls that you're responsible for. You've, you have two children that you are taking care of that are reminders of Nick and the trauma every single day. Every day. Every day. And you choose to turn that around. Yes. And you're yes. choosing to turn your life into a blessing, not just for yourself, but for others. Yes. And that is not just empowering. That is absolutely beautiful, Abby. It is. It's very rare. And if the more people that can take that lesson and can actually apply it to their lives, yes. the better this world would be. We yes. would have a hell of a lot of less depression, yes. a hell of a lot less of anxiety. Yes. Um, I think that we would all become stronger people and we would all be able to be, to connect better. Yes. It's just, it's, I love seeing that in you. I Thank think you. it's really, um, it's not just a blessing that you have, but it's a blessing that you're giving everybody else. So, you know, I, I'm sure your life and you, your children, even everybody you touch is going to just change other lives because it's something that just ripples. It's yes. a thing that spreads. And yes. I know you're not going to stop. No, no, I don't plan on it. Um, if anything, I plan to create more and do more. I mean, that's my goal. It makes me happy and it fulfills me. That's the thing. Once I once I started to look at my story like it's bigger than me, mm. it's I started to become fulfilled. You know, when I was living in a place of me, 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 me. Why did you do this to me? Why did this happen to me? What what did I do? Why right. is my life like this? I wasn't fulfilled. I was empty. Right. I was running on E. I needed to be filled back up. You know, and the more I give, the more God continues to give me overflow. He continues to pour into me. Right. So it's more so about bringing this out, pulling this out of people. I want to unlock people's destinies. I want people to change the trajectory of their life. I want people to stop wearing labels, stop limiting themselves, stop living in a box. Like, it's so much more to people that they aren't even exposed to or aware of. I want to bring awareness. And you are. And you're doing that and your journey's just begun. Yes. And and the more I continue to practice this life and, and practice this lifestyle and what I want to give, the better it will get, you know, right. and, the, and the more of an impact I can make, you know. So I'm 22. I'm well on my way, but I got a long way to go. Last few words, last piece of advice. Um, 
if there are any other young men and women out there watching this and they are going through something that is really tragic and traumatic and they're trying to get their lives together, what is your piece of advice to them? What, what, are, what words would you like to share with them? I would like to say, change your perspective on the situation. Change your outlook. Stop looking at it like it's there to destroy you. Channel your anger, your pain, your heartache, the burden. Channel it to something positive. Allow it to produce something productive, not destructive. It's all about the way you handle it. You know, they say life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react. Stop moping around. Wash your face. Stop crying. Stop looking like what you've been through. Pick yourself up. And today is a new day. Let's start fresh. You know? That's what I would say. That's excellent advice. Thank you, Miss Abby. Thank Flynn. you, guys. I'm so glad for this opportunity. I pray that this saved a life. And I pray it changed a life. I pray that it changed a mindset. And I pray that you grow from this. And it's not about what you go through. It's about what you grow through. So grow through what you go through. <laughs>